it's it's a hard ass backwards thing because we try to like you know like be patient with each other but then sometimes we aren't then we start looking at our phone but you were on your phone and i was just occupying my mind and then you know like as soon as i put down my phone um after sending sarah pictures of your um naked sphinx cat sitting in front of a heater being adorable you know then then you know and then i'm done with that i set down my phone and you're like over there on your phone and i'm like you ready and then i'm the asshole At that point, I you know I was just looking at porn, so I just had to put it down. Okay, no, that's fine. I've that been trying sense. to get away from porn recently, anyway, and you know all I've done is shift to erotica. Oh, okay, that's a lot of fun. Like that's er- great. Erotica meaning like fiction erotica. Yeah, sexy stories. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. My name is Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a nerd oriented podcast where you can listen to us talk about movies, television, video games, occasionally erotica, occasionally erotica. <laughs> <laughs> This may be the first mention of erotica. I'm not sure. Yeah, totally. No, and we're highly explicit. So uh, just don't let the kids around unless, you know, you raise them to know things that they can't repeat. You can come over to patreon.com slash excitement inc. If you want to pitch into the show, get some perks being elitist as, you know, far as Rich is concerned for the extra $2. No matter what tier you're in. Some of you are just inherently better than others and you can show that with money. It's true. So that, you know, and it's capitalism is here. Why not capitalize on it? Yeah. Right, Rich? Exactly. That's how we do it. See what I did there? I did. It wasn't hard. It, it was, was not. That was an easy, It, it was easy, pretty, pretty easy. Easy pun to yes, kind of talk about. It. Yeah. So let's get this show on the road. Okay. Do, do, you, do you watch TV and movies and stuff this week? I watched so many things. Okay. Okay. This week. Okay. What did you watch? As, as we discussed on the last episode, I got a bunch of movies for Black Friday. Oh, yeah. 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 And I decided to watch a couple of those that I have not seen or have not seen in a while. Wait, which ones? Which ones? Which ones? I watched Parasite. 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 Awesome. The Korean Oscar winner for Best Picture. Yes. From last year, year before, something like that. How I don't know. F- how do you feel about it? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a ride. It was it was it maybe was, the, maybe we should just make this whole podcast was, about capitalism. <laughs> it was it was a ride. Holy shit. Um well as as most good movies do, right at the hour, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. takes a turn. Yes, it does. And that turn was an unexpected turn. I, well, I was expecting a turn, but not that turn. Was it a clockwise turn or a counterclockwise it was, turn? It was a, <laughs> I, I would say it was like a 95 to 100 degree turn. Just yeah, kind of, yeah. not super hard right, but a decent right turn there. Yeah. And then uh, within like the last 10, 15 minutes. Well, no, the last 25 minutes, I'd say, was where shit just went bonkers. Yes. And once shit just went bonkers, then I saw what was coming. The end got me mm-hmm. a bit. I was just like, okay, all right. This is sadly poetic. This is very sadly poetic. So yes, it is. Overall, I enjoyed it. I'm not certain that I'm glad that I bought it, but I'm not disappointed that I bought it. Me either, because I want to watch it again. Yeah, I'll probably watch but, it again. Uh, I, that's kind of the nice thing. Bong Joon-ho um, and the other things he's directed, we talked about um, Okja, which I just I don't suggest unless you're in the mood for something for, you know, in the mood for complete disparity. And then um, ooh, the, oh, geez, the host. The host. That. The host, um, very similar in style, too. And I think some of the same actors as well. Um, did, how much did you expect Bong Joon Ho to really 
capture you laughing and like sad in the same movie the way you did and scared for that matter. You don't see this kind of range in movies, do no, you? No, no, not at all, really. Yeah. It's just kind of like it went it went all over the place yeah. and I was just not expecting any of it and then by the end of it I felt wrung out. Yes. It starts like a funny comedy premise, begins to turn for the worse um and especially you know it takes an a, a turn down dark alley like disparity thriller and then like straight down the drama lane of like look at how these people are which is you know it's yeah. again there's some really weird things that happen um in the movie but they take you on a on a special path there's a lot of things about it that um apparently um, for those of you who haven't watched Parasite, we're not going to go hugely into into spoilers here, but um, it is definitely a thought piece on the way class culture works. Oh, yeah. It is a... On top of being its own highly interesting story. You know, you could have you could take all the things that happen in this movie and make literally a comedy, a horror, and a drama film about each. And, yeah. And the thing about Parasite is that he combines all those yeah, things. Yeah, he kind of does it. He kind of does all that at once, <laughs> mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's also a lot of clever things, um, such as the rich family and the poor family never cross paths and lines on the screen. This is the reason I want to go back and watch it. They keep them separate in every single shot all the time. Really? The entire movie, they don't cross paths, at least until things start going wrong, I think. And the worlds combine. So, like, um, if you lo- were to look at some imagery from it, and I saw it, where, like, um, some of these characters just don't, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tilda Swinton in Oakjaw. Oh, all right. Side facts. Movie facts. I mean, it was, oh, wait, never mind. We're just getting a bunch of things about parasites. Anyway, <laughs> I mean. I anyway, think, yes. So, like, um, Oakjaw, you got to be ready for that to be just incredibly depressing. Um, and then... The host is each each of the movies ends up depressing in its own little way. I think Oakjaw was far more depressing than than this this one, and it's literally the last movie I would ever suggest like you know your wife to watch because she doesn't like animal cruelty, and that movie is rife with animal cruelty, rife, rife, rife. Actually, right. just like just to say it straight up, since Oakjaw came out like four years ago, the premise of that film is like the in terms of capitalism the way animals are exploited and how even if we found the oak jaw is like a rare breed of like hippo cow thing that's like completely adorable and and you know like sentient almost even more than like an ape okay actually i would say more than like more sent literally the most sentient creature on earth that's not human okay and then they find out that they taste good neat yeah I'm going to check this movie out. I wish I didn't watch it. <laughs> I really wish I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Because it hurts. I've never been on this edge of my seat like that before. But anyways. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Nope. Parasite's a clever movie. So Parasite was enjoyable. Yes. Um, went and watched Jumanji Next Level. Okay. Which is a perfectly fine sequel. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, okay. I enjoyed the first Jumanji in a way that was completely different from the 90s Jumanji. Yeah. 
So I enjoyed each of them as their own separate entity. Yeah. And this one I enjoyed just as well as a sequel. It's just a sequel. It's well, fine. Yeah. It's well, just more of the same. When when you get The Rock and Kevin Hart acting like uh, Danny DeVito and Now, Danny their Glover. range was spectacular. Isn't that The range of everyone in yeah. that was spectacular because they all kind of switch characters mm-hmm. at if, different points. For those of you who don't know, the, the premise of the Jumanjis is that now it's a video game. It's changed with the times, and when they go in, they're playing their character. They become the person in the game, yeah. and this time the main characters accidentally get their grandparents sucked in with them, who are Danny Glover and Danny DeVito. Yes, and so you get to see... Kevin Hart doing his best Danny DeVito, his best uh, Danny, Danny Glover, Glover. Yeah. and um, The Rock. And The Rock. Do his best Danny the Rock DeVito. Doing both. And, uh, and then Jack Black back as the teenage girl and then as Danny DeVito. Yes. And then as Danny Glover. And just, it gets all mismatched and just wonky and hilarious. Which is like something you wouldn't expect Jumanji to pull off for you. Like things you wish you, you, know, you, wish you got to see, which is... The Rock playing Danny DeVito. Yeah. Playing an old man, grandpa still, you know, yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. So it was good. It was enjoyable. I, I'm glad I own it. Yes. I'm glad I can watch both Jumanji's back to back now. Okay. And then when they inevitably make the third one, then, you know, I'll delve into that as well, probably. So um, I rewatched Jojo Rabbit this morning, and that's always enjoyable. I, I got to really, really appreciate the... Uh, the ridiculousness of the protocol that is the Nazi party <laughs> as they're coming in and just going, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. Just, you know, as they're just repeating that probably over and over and over as they're greeting each other. Yep. So that was always great. Um, uh, literally, only person in the world I think could make a, you know, a decently comedic spin on something like that is Taika. Yep. I plan on watching more of Taika's movies. Even though, you know, I've already seen most of them. Yes. I'm going to watch them again. Yes. Because they're fun. They're good times. And um, I rewatched The Sound of Music for the first time in a long time. Good night. Very well. <laughs> now, in watching this, I had a similar experience to when I was watching Footloose. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched Footloose with my wife the other uh, couple months ago for the first time. I had never seen Kevin Bacon's Footloose ever until really really okay okay until a few months ago okay and when i was watching that i was like i did not realize how many original songs came from that movie kenny loggins had a shit ton of hits in just the soundtrack of that movie just the soundtrack i had the same experience with sound of music i was like i did not realize this song came from sound of music Mm -hmm. i I've heard it over and over and over over the years and never realized it came from The Sound of Music. Isn't that funny? When you watch something all you're like, oh, yeah, this is what that was. Yeah. And then, yeah. It was crazy. It was pretty funny because I was watching it in bed and my wife hears all this like big building music and everything. She's not seeing my screen. And she was like, what are you watching? And then Julie Andrews starts singing. She goes, oh, my God, you're watching The Sound of Music. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I am. This is what's happening now. Get on board. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That movie is three fucking hours. It is three it's hours. It's three fucking hours. Yes, it is. It's got an intermission in the middle. So is The Godfather. Yes, and it doesn't have an intermission. No. But it is action fucking packed. 
you know, I saw an interesting tweet that said we should any movie longer than 90 minutes should have a digital VOD release <laughs> so that you can go pee. <laughs> yes. There's no intermission. Yeah. Any movie over three hours should have an intermission. Yeah. Totally. That's an art that Hollywood has lost. They did that for an extended edition for a special edition of uh, Hateful Eight in the theater. Did they? Yeah, because like the extended edition was like four and a half hours shot on like 70 millimeter which was like it was like a special thing basically but like so essentially um i think that's the that's the version that ended up on netflix because if you go on netflix there's an that extended version is made into like a three or four part series on netflix okay now that i'm remembering that exists i really want to go watch it okay (laughs) have you seen the hateful eight i've not seen the hateful oh that's a good one i'll have to check that out put that on my list hateful eight Okay. So yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good times. Right. I really enjoy a young Christopher Plummer. And then I kept leaning over my wife, going, "You know, I think Admiral Chain from Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country really wants to nail Mary Poppins." It's true. And she was like, "You're, you're, you're mixing it up again." I, was like, I know, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's good time. So if you wait a couple minutes, Ben Diesel's gonna walk in with a baby and a, and a baby Bjorn on his chest, like you know. Yeah, nobody really needs that. I don't know why Ben Diesel felt somebody needed that, but that's all right. Whatever. Hey, Whatever. cool. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And then, um, well, I guess we both saw Encanto. We did both see Encanto. What did you think of Encanto? I here's what I thought of Encanto. Um, Encanto is. Uh, it's it's good, it's funny, it's plenty fun to watch. The story itself in its whole seemed like something that would play out better over a series than a feature film in the way that I would have loved to see just a little bit more of each of those very vibrant, very colorful personalities in that in that movie. But overall, as as you know, just as far as a two hour adventure is concerned, you know, hour and forty minutes, it was good. It was it was fun to hear, you know, more Lin Manuel Miranda music. It wasn't, it wasn't Moana. No, it was not. <laughs> it wasn't a Moana, but that's not fair. That's technically not fair to compare them. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not. It's a different story, and it was a very good metaphor in the story as well. I thought so. Okay. You want to talk about about metaphors, and I'll ask you what you thought of Encanto before I get off the subject. Talk about the metaphor in the fucking short before it. Far from the tree. The animated short with the raccoons. Yes. In front of it. Yes. Like, what a wonderful little anecdote about the way the last generation parented and the way our generation is going to parent. That's not entirely true because people are still individuals. But basically, harsh parenting versus better parenting. Well, the the metaphor was essentially you you can choose to turn into your parents or not. Yeah, very much so. Um, you can choose, and then you can also help help your your you know your kids avoid the scars of the past. Anyway, it was yeah. very it was touching, it was heartfelt, it was funny, um, to the point that like Sarah's pregnancy hormones finally overtook her for the first time. 
Yeah. And she's like, we get, we're in the credits. I'm like, cool. And I'm like eating popcorn. And I see her like trying to cover her face. I'm like, what? And I look over and she's bawling. Just losing it. Just pouring out of her face over like a tiny (laughs) little. (laughs) These shorts are very good. They've always been good. There's only been one that made me like very, come very close to crying. And that was the one with the dog Fido. I forgot what that one was called. It was like leftovers or table scraps. Feast. Feast, thank you. Where he's eating the stuff under the table. Feast is easily my favorite short of all time. That one made me very emotional at the end. Um, all of those shorts just wreck me. Yeah. All of them. Just, Every, all of them, yeah. The only one that I that doesn't wreck me that I actually find really, really entertaining is Bound. Which and one was Bound? Bound was at the front of The Incredibles. Okay. And it was about uh, Jackalope. Yeah, and I a really sheep. remember that. Vaguely remember it. Yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't a it wasn't a tearjerker. It was oh, just kind of was just entertaining. Funny. It was like the birds on the on the power line. Kind of, yeah. Where they just bunch up and Yeah. But I'm also a funny. big, big fan of Bud Lucky, so he okay. was the animator for he's the reason that Woody was a cowboy really? in Toy Story. Oh. Yeah. Cool. He he was the concept artist for Woody and worked with Disney and Pixar for years. Awesome. He was also the voice, the original voice of Decker in The Incredibles. Okay. Okay. So he wrote that short. He voiced that short, sang the songs. Okay. Clever. Really cool guy. So what yeah. did you, what, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to but, go off um, of like Encanto. I was not, I was not a big fan of Encanto. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I was not into the songs. Um, I was not really into the story as much. I think you're right that it would be better as a series mm-hmm. and just like delve into the characters a bit more. Yeah, because I, I, I liked everything. I liked the music and the way it was animated. Everything was so pretty. Yeah. Oh, it looked great. Mm-hmm. And the the plot device, the storyline behind it was excellent. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was executed as well as it could have been. I, I would agree. And I don't. It dragged, right? Well. Not just that, but some shit just seemed to go nowhere, uh-huh. and it was just kind of like, "Why are you? Why is this in here like this?" Yes. And they were like talking about how everybody had this power and everything, but they never talked about how the mother, what the mother's power was. Yeah, the matriarch kind of yeah. thing. Her power was the candle. What the fuck? Yeah, something like that. It was goofy. It was yeah. goofy, and I just I was like, okay, why is she so harsh on this girl for not getting a power? Yeah, I would agree, because when it, when it basically gets to the climax of the film, and then you're kind of looking at it from, you know, like both sides of the spectrum, it was just like an odd way to come to the resolution. Right. It, the resolution just kind of came without anything actually happening. Technically, things happened that definitely caused them to, like, have the conversation they needed to have. But it's still, you know, like it's it still felt empty getting there, right? So I don't no. know. It was it was, hmm. but it was still it was still very. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I feel like the metaphors are fine, and yeah, I plenty entertaining. I I could. I wish it was executed better. I wish it was executed better. Yeah. Um, because the music was good. Uh-huh. The the story was amazing. I. I loved the storyline behind it, but it just was poorly executed. That's it. I mean, that's it. And that's fun fact. That's my personal thing uh, on it. Uh, so. uh, do you know who voiced Maddie Bell? No. Stephanie Beatriz. 
Really? Yes. Rosa. Really? <laughs> from, yep. Rosa Whoa. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who always talks in a bass-like timber. Yes. That's crazy. Does that not blow your mind? That's... You can hear it come through a little bit when she's like joking yeah. and stuff um or when she's mad i meant but like yeah that's uh, crazy yes that's kind of awesome though. it is kind of awesome I dig it. when we're done here I'll, I'll show you have you ever seen videos of stephanie beatrice in real life um like just talking normally i did once and it freaked me out and i turned it off yeah because i was so used to rosa and rosa's kind of like he's so attitude-y yeah, uh, yeah. and there's hey something guys. about how she is in the show that it's kind of like i got a crush on her mm-hmm. and then seeing her speak in real life and seeing who she is as an actress and everything i'm like oh that shattered the crush she's still uh, she's still an excellent actress and i'm a <laughs> but she big gets on the show her. like a talk show and does a valley girl accent for yeah, fun and, and you're like, like what oh. was that and i'm just like whoa hang on what happened yeah. she's very tomboyish in in brooklyn 99 real life she's very 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 feminine yeah yes high pitch voice yes yeah it's good times what else did you watch that's fun um that was it for movies, but as for TV, yeah. um, the wife and I are watching Dexter, Dexter Blood. Yeah, we, st- we started it. What do you think? What do you uh, think? It's I like it. I like where it's going. I like the things about it. You know, it's an ongoing show, so we're not going to spoil it here, you know, clearly. But I would say it's definitely a good return to form. Um, yeah. It's a great return to form. It's a great... Um, it's so nostalgic. They do things without like completely copying the intro. There's a part of me that just kind of wishes the same intro was there, but they do sneak in things from the old intro intro in the show. Like he'll cook a ham steak for breakfast and, yep. and, you know, fry some eggs, make a sandwich. Um, and I'm waiting for more to come through the season, like him pulling a t-shirt on or lacing a boot super tight or, you know, yeah. Uh, Cause Dexter o- opening credits were, like iconic yes they were credits. yeah those opening credits told a story yeah in themselves yeah. without really i also like that they're doing things in the show to to really circumvent the poor last seasons the poor last half of dexter which you know like ultimately it was watchable the last four seasons of dexter but those last four seasons of dexter is what's kept me from going back because i now i've watched them once but i'm like i don't want to see those ever again not ever. No thank you. How many you. seasons were there? I'm, eight. There were eight total there seasons. Were eight of the first Dexter show. Okay. And I remember that <clears throat> I wasn't too, too into season five. Season six, I... That was the religious killer played by Tom, Colin Hanks. Right. And then I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Season seven, I was... Was who? Um, I forget who the baddie was oh that was i think that was um that was where they started introducing characters that would be around for the end more than anything but right the the end of season six is where deb saw dexter making the kill that's right and then they go into the shittiness of season seven and then open up in season eight with more people finding out it's dexter you know um, yeah deb going down a dark path of you know not giving a shit about fucking life anymore and then because her whole life was a lie thanks to dex right and you know so it, yeah, it, yeah, it was very ho hum, um, those those first you know ones. But 
um, or those the the last seasons. But that's why I like Dexter New Blood so much is because they're really capitalizing on the pathway of you know basically seasons one through four, but four more than anything because of the effects of the past have had on his son Harrison, who's now in the show. And hence the new blood. Yeah. I finally realized. Yes. So when they, you know, introduced all the aspects of it. So I was like, okay, they're really this is not a spin-off decks. This is not a this is technically a reboot, but it's it still, you know what? This is technically season nine of Dexter. Yep. Which is very nice. And they waited all that time and they made us feel like there's been a gap of time. And going back to it, I'm okay that they kept Dexter alive at the end, you know? Which I think was a poor argument to begin with. Some people said they were mad that De- Dexter, you know, died as right. well, or didn't die or something. Like, Dexter didn't get his, and we didn't like this ending because he just fucked off to be a lumberjack. And it's kind of like, yeah, but, like, it came out very quickly. The producer said, you're not allowed to kill Dexter. Stars was like, don't kill Dexter. Right. We want to be able to do more of this later. Now it's technically paying off. Right. But I wish they could have been a little bit more stra- straightforward about, you know, their intentions of maybe doing more with Dexter later. Yeah. And I am... When the original run ended and it showed him fucking off and being a lumberjack, Mm -hmm. I took that to be artistic license that Dexter did die Mm -hmm. in the hurricane Mm -hmm. and that this was his purgatory and he was not allowed to go into a afterlife of torment or an afterlife of bliss because of his actions in life. Yeah. That was my impression on it, was that when he sat down at that table in the cabin, he was essentially just in purgatory. And that was his existence from that point on. Exactly. He had done good things by removing serial killers from the timeline or the existence of other humans. So that earned him a spot upstairs, but he also killed a lot of people yep and enjoyed the shit out of it yes which earned him a place in the bad place as well so i always took the end of dexter's initial run as this is his purgatory he did die so now going into this i'm seeing this as like a multiverse alternate reality where he did survive and has just been bouncing from place to place yeah and anytime he gets close to being made he he's got his go bag ready and he's out yes not wrong. I wonder if he has a go back from this situation kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, he's always got a go back. Yeah. But he's not going to go with Harrison in the picture. Yeah. Uh, so do you think that with um with the way things are going with with Harrison back in his life and him, you know, back to his old ways, do you, do you want there to be more of Dexter past this season again or would you be okay with this just being a a, you know, final final season? Like an epilogue season. What I would what I think is going to happen and what I would personally enjoy on yeah. this is that he trains Harrison the way Harry trained him yeah and then he eventually gets killed and passes the torch on to Harrison it'd be interesting to see and then Harrison becomes our new Dexter and Dexter becomes the new dark passenger that would be interesting yeah because they keep kind of switching him out so yeah I mean, if Harrison, you know, were to have serial killer tendencies. Oh, he's got serial killer tendencies. They've already shown that. Well, yeah, but people haven't watched it yet. Don't know that. 
Oops. Now you know. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead, Rich. Keep Oops. going. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Not on this. <laughs> Oops. No. So, I mean, he's he had the same experience as Dexter. Yeah. As a child. Yes. It's, it's in the cards. It's going yes. to happen. That's it. That's what I meant. Yeah. There you go. Watch the show. If he, does, <laughs> if he doesn't decide to change things for himself, but this isn't a Dexter catch-up. This is not a Dexter <laughs> catch-up at all. So, um, did you guys check out Yellow Jackets at all yet? No. That is a wild, wild ride. Is it getting better? It's getting How many pretty... episodes is it on now? Uh, I want to say it's one less than Dexter. Okay. So, it's three Three episodes, episodes. yeah. Yeah. Because episode five comes out tomorrow, so should right. be another episode soon. Yeah. Yep. New episode drops tomorrow. Okay. Very excited for it. Okay. It's an intriguing show. Just these, this plane crash lands with a girls' soccer team on it. They're in the, they're at the crash site. I don't know where they crashed. It's not really clear where they crashed. That's the fun of the show is figuring out what the mystery is going backwards with flashbacks. Right. Yeah. And so you see some of them as adults trying to live a normal life in spite of this event that happened in their past and you see them flashing back to the past and then going back to the present and there's mm-hmm. this was the allure of lost okay actually is figuring out because one of the fun things about watching lost is they would do like a character introspective and then they would switch back to like you know if that character had an episode then you would get to figure out like while they're doing an arc on the island what their past was why they were on that plane this is how you're figuring out that some of these people were literally arrested for murder some of these people were drug addicts some of these people had cancer some of these people couldn't walk and were paralyzed and are now walking on the island things like that man i'm glad i didn't watch this show based on your explanation because that sounds fucking stupid anyway i'm no, just kidding <laughs> that was a joke it i'm was, gonna watch it was, it was harsh it was harsh i apologize it was it didn't have a lot of <laughs> sorry creativeness to it, it. did not it, it was kind of just it an insult not. rich it, I, I apologize it's okay it's you're very rusty with i am the lost I am. it is banter i am yeah. yes yeah so so anyways, I'm not going to ask about Evangeline Lily's character because I know it's just going to be, you know, a plank of wood. And anyway. Yeah. So anyways, Yellow Jackets <laughs> is copying Lost and it's probably just a half-ass, you know, cash grab <laughs> is what you're saying. Perfect. <laughs> Got <Yes>. it. <laughs> because, because the plot twist at the end of season three is that we think it's just another flashback. But then Kate shows up, says, what do you want, Jack? And Jack says, we have to go back to the island. And we were watching a flash forward to them actually getting off the island. We find out that they did get off the island, but we still... Still don't know fucking how yet. How many seasons of Lost is there? Six. Oh my god. Which luckily the fourth is like pretty short. I'm not a big fan of like. <laughs> see, something that keeps me from like going back and watching is that those are like 20 episode seasons. Right. I don't even want to. Even Supernatural wasn't doing 20 episode seasons by the end of their run. They're like, okay, we don't need to keep up with this. And I'm glad they didn't because gee, like fuck, it's a grind. But I mean, honestly, like with the way Lost at least keeps you going with the mystery and stuff, it is almost like getting. 20 episodes of good show, 20 episodes of HBO. That's a nice thing. They don't really fill filler because you're getting tidbits as you go along of the mystery. You want to find out more about what's going on, these interesting characters. What the hell? Why are there polar bears on this island? What is this black smoke creature? Why do they have to keep pressing that button? You would love season two. Fucking love season two. They find out that there is a button. To See, now pushing. you're bringing it back and selling me on it. This is, so. this is, so season two, they have like, 
um, there's a button and a countdown timer. At the end of the season, they're like trying to figure things out and they blow up this hatch that they found and they're looking down it. And then this is end of season one and then boom, this spotlight shines up. There's been someone down there the whole time. They go down there and in the main character, Jack, he meets a guy named Desmond Ooh. who he met outside of the island in passing. Um, And Press is like, and he's like, awesome brother come here and he and he shows him to the to the um to a console he's like okay so you're gonna press in these numbers 4 18 29 18 i forget what they are they're very they're a big deal but um very easter eggy but there's a sequence of numbers you have to press in okay and then it'll reset the counter on the top and he said and he shows him he's like you got these and jack's like yeah and he's like good Grabs his bag and runs out the door. <laughs> and he says, you got to press these buttons, brother. It's, uh, why? Or else it's the end of the world. Runs out the door. <laughs> uh, fun fact, one of the um, one of the previous uh, uh, pressers of the button, mm-hmm. um, the guy playing Clancy, who played Kurg on Kurgan on Highlander. He's that actor. Oh, uh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, thank you. Clancy Brown was the guy pressing the button before Desmond. Nice. There's lots of good, like, you well, know. Well, no, now you told me Clancy Brown's on it, so that's got me sold because yeah. Clancy Brown is yeah. my favorite Lex Luthor of all. Oh, perfect. He gets to, basically, it's a very fun character study on top of that. Season two, like, that's the, the at least the one plus side is, like, the first three seasons are very good. But shows, you know, it just sucks when they do that for, you know, so long. They get new showrunners. They get new people. J.J. Abrams can't stay on a project for six years. He's got Star Wars to make. Things like that. You know what I mean? So. Got Star Wars to ruin. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> I don't think it was his fault. <laughs> I don't but. think it was his fault at all. <laughs> He's got anyway. Star Trek to ruin. Yeah. Jesus with the lens flares. Calm the fuck down, but J.J. Clancy Brown was in, is in Dexter now, too, and that's interesting. Clancy Brown's a little, in everything. Just slightly a little bit um, um, predictive on his role, I thought. I was not even slightly surprised. No. But, you know, when it's not being, you know, very predictive, then, you know, yeah. it's still good. Anyways, Yellow Jackets. No, I am interested in watching Yellow Jackets. Christina Ricci's on it, right? Yep, and uh, Juliet Lewis. Yeah, um, and then that other chick, I can't remember her name. Shit. We'll come back when we remember. Yeah, I, I'll, yeah whatever. Yeah. She was in something else. What else anyway, um, my wife was flipping through the shows available on HBO because she's like, I want new series to just binge, new series to binge, new series to binge. And she discovered the Sex Lives of College Girls, which is a new series um, by Mindy Kaling. So I was like, I'm on board. I love Mindy Kaling. She's a fucking brilliant writer, considering she wrote like half of The Office. It's true. (laughs) So... She's excellent, and I was just like, all right, let's check this show out. And I just always think about her when she's on that damn, like, lemon water purge. <laughs> like, that detox. She's like, I'm going to lose weight, and, like, for the weight the weight loss competition in office. And yeah. they're all, like, trying to, like, lose weight, and she's, like, she's, like, passing out during her interview because she can't, like, stay awake. She's literally killing herself yes. to lose weight. Ugh, and anyways. She's like, juice cleanse. Ugh. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, so this is the show is about the, well, the sex lives of college girls. Uh huh. And it's it 
uh, goes around a suite of uh, five college freshmen. Mm -hmm. They're new to this Essex college. Mm -hmm. And so they're in a, they're in a suite of rooms where they're, you know, five of them live in one kind of en suite. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all roommates together and have this one common area and they all have different experiences, but it's all the college sex experience right? from different ranges, you know. Okay. Somebody is somebody is having an affair with a married professor. Naturally. Somebody is inexperienced and just dives wholeheartedly into just nonstop sex with someone. And someone else is just like, I am out of my shell. I need to fuck as much as possible. Okay. And, you know, get this close to sexually assaulted. It's a lot. Oh. But it's very... It's very funny in all of it. Okay. Like, it's... Is it kind of like Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like, in the way that you are you feel like you shouldn't be laughing, but it's still funny yeah. because of the antics they're getting themselves into? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like, this situation would be funny mm-hmm. if you didn't have any vested interest in the person it was happening to. Yeah. And then there's the, you know, the... Entry to this situation is really funny. And then it goes slightly off the rails and it gets a little scary. And it gets a little gross. Yeah. Just like college sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we so, were here to have fun. What is what is that? What are we doing here? Yes. So, very good show. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's like seven episodes deep now. Okay. Very good. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Can't wait for more. I want to watch more of Sex Education. Because we only watched, like, the first episode. How was it? And, I mean, did I tell you about it at all? I don't, I don't think so. I, maybe I talked to someone else about it. We watched the first episode of Sex Education, and it was funny as hell. Um, but it was very, you know, it also, it still seems to me to still be sort of dramatic in its own way. But um, it's literally, I mean, you know the premise of it at all? Or just that it's I'm an awesome familiar, show. I'm familiar with the premise in that it's a kid of a sex therapist or a sex yeah. guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's kind of awkward as shit in school. And He literally, and he doesn't masturbate, but like his mom will bring it up to him. Why are you pretending to masturbate? So I think you're masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid is, okay, so so far it like it's definitely funny at the very least, but it's good in ways that I think it's 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 going to be feel good. In, in certain ways, it's hard to say because it, the premise, at least, you know, is that, yeah, he he basically they moved to a new school. His mom's a sex therapist and there's like dicks all over the house. A new guy busts into his room every morning looking for the bathroom. <laughs> OK, new man every morning. So his mom is literally ruining sex for him. OK, and that's ultimately what it is. And then she'll like they'll be eh, hanging out, whatever. And then so at this new school, the bully gets picked to do a project with him and the boy's like okay whatever and he says so i'll be over later tonight he's like oh great you know and this bully is the same guy that picks on his gay best friend so the bully comes over later and eventually stumbles upon the mom's sex dungeon all the items in there and they're talking and the kid was trying so hard to hide that his mom was a sex therapist and 
So the mom shows up right when the guy's walking through her, you know, dungeon of toys, the office with all the toys in it and things like that. And which I don't know why a sex therapist would have sex toys in their, you know, general vicinity. But, you know, either way, she's very loosey goosey and like she's got no filter. And you can tell um, because she immediately starts to dissect. So cut to mom and the bully smoking a fucking J on the porch. She's like, I need snacks. Do you need snacks? And he's like, yeah, they're smoking together. And then she just, you know, she takes a puff. She's like, there you go. And, and, you know, and she's and he's like, yeah. And she says, you know. Extended use of marijuana, you know, can can lead to uh, erectile dysfunction. You know that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the first the literal first scene of the show was him not being able to get it up in bed with a girl. All right. He goes to school and exposes. Uh, he, there's also room. He's he's got a, a dick the size of two coke cans, and. He goes to school, um, and he's so upset about it that he blasts a video of this poor kid's mom, the sex therapist, um, on a video about, like, putting on condoms and doing sexual things and, like, embarrassing the shit out of him. Put a little blurb that it said, look, it's his mom. Uh. Just to embarrass this kid. He runs away, and when he runs away, he finds the same bully crying because the bully thought it'd be smart to take two blue pills. No, no. And he's crying and he can't get it down. And the kid talks to the bully and he says, well, why are you here in the first place? He's like, you know, because I have all this, you know, can't get it up. And and I couldn't get it up because my friends, you know, they all make fun of me. And I know everyone talks about my big dick. and But then I can't keep it up. And then who am I? And I'm the son of the principal and all these things and getting in trouble. And, and the kid says, you should own who you are and be, you know, proud of who you are. And that's okay. I don't think once you get it out of the way and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm the principal's kid. Who cares? Then you can get over it and live your life. And the kid's, you know, massive erection goes away and he says, thanks. And the side character girl who's been there the whole time says, oh. And she she clearly has her way of getting money on the side, says, oh. Look, that kid over there spreading uh he's spreading pubic lice. Those girls over there, one's bi, it's her first lesbian relationship, but she's scared of vaginas. They are doing, you know, that yeah. that kid is trying to that kid clearly has mommy issues or daddy issues or whatever, and she's like you therapize them, I'll take half the cut. And so this kid is now going to start doing sex or sex therapy for the entire school. Excellent. Um, via the things he was taught by his mom. Excellent. So I probably shouldn't have summarized. It's really hard to explain. Do you see yeah, yeah, like yeah. the point of the show without really going into it? And I basically just spoiled the entire first episode, but they just got renewed for season three. The BFF Joe said the show is fucking amazing and they, they watched the shit out of it. So nice. I was like, okay, um, still need to get back to it. I will have to check it out. Yeah. We watched the entirety of the la- latest season of Big Mouth. Nice. I don't know if I discussed that or not. That's another show about pubic sexual. Well, things. and it's getting where it's, I mean, honestly, this show could replace a adolescent health class. Really, perfect. Because I mean, it's just it's exploring all of the weird things about sex and the weird things that you know hormones make us do, especially once puberty hits and they come in raging and everything. But this past season, they got more into the emotional side of what hormones will do to you. To where now, instead of the shame wizard or the hormone monster or what have you, there are 
hate worms and love bugs. Oh, God. Okay. And so these kids that are on the cusp of adulthood, just experiencing all of the range of puberty and unchecked hormones are now discovering deeper feelings and how that affects them and how their hormones are affecting their emotional range. And so it's very interesting to see what they're doing with it and just the everything that happens with it. It's just, it's a brilliantly written show. Yeah. It's just very well done. And so the, one of the things that really kind of, I took away from it was that the hate worms, when you destroy them, when you finally, you know, admit that the hate is an underlying something else. Yeah. They cocoon up and turn into love bugs. Oh, cool. Interesting. It's very interesting. It's very well done. I enjoy the show. It's And, you know, there's still the same pervy humor crap that, you know. Naturally. Of course. It's an animated comedy. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. You know, Hormone Monster Maurice is still running around with his, you know, dicks that he yeah. has to keep fed. and Yeah. So, good times. Good times. And the last one is I went back to Danger Mouse. Now, Dang. I don't know if anybody knows about Danger Mouse. Nope. Anybody that grew up in my time period watching Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. especially when Nickelodeon first started. Yeah. May remember a British a British um, cartoon spy mouse named Danger Mouse that lived in Big Ben and he was essentially like a James Bond type mouse. Oh, wow. And went on different adventures and stuff. The entirety of it is now on Netflix. And I went back to watch it and there's a lot of adult humor in it that kind of just goes right past the kids. And then uh-huh. when you go back and watch it, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's the best um, animated comedy is the ones that are, you know, ah. the ones that are still good for adults. Yep. And when when cable was first introduced, and so one of the first cable networks for children was Nickelodeon. Right. So Nickelodeon was scrounging for programming. Because there wasn't a ton of, um, there wasn't a ton of material out there. There just wasn't a lot of IP that they could use because a lot of it was in syndication. A lot of it was being wasn't up for syndication. So, yeah, you know, a lot of these kids shows they couldn't play, mm-hmm. and I kept tuning into Nickelodeon expecting to see He-Man and it would never happen because Filmation was not going to sell one of their big properties to one of these. So Nickelodeon was scrounging for content and they happened to find Danger Mouse and they put it on their regular rotation. Hmm. And because it was British, it was on the BBC, which is publicly owned because all of the broadcasting in England is owned by the government. That's why everything is on BBC. Right. So. Okay. So they got it for cheap and they were showing it and it was like, oh, maybe the kids will enjoy this. I enjoyed the shit out of it as a kid. Yeah. And now I'm going back and I'm like, okay, this is, 
not as great as I was remembering, but mm-hmm. it is not as bad as He Man was when I went back to it. So, yeah, if you dug J- Danger Mouse back in the day, it's available on Netflix. Check it out. Boom. That's the end of my list, I think. Oh, well, speaking of like kids shows that are actually for adults, we got uh, Peter Rabbit two for Black Friday, and we did watch it this week. How was it? It's Fucking hilarious. It is. Holds it up? Is, holds up it, with the first one? It does hold up with the first one. It's not nearly as good as the first one, but sequels tend to do that. They break the fourth wall a couple times having fun with it, but some some of the jokes just get get a little bit stretched out, but that's just James Corden in general, you know, um, right. in my opinion. But the additional characters made for some pretty funny stuff, and um, the the human characters actually made for, for some – they also had their own very funny – um, quirks about them. That's always the fun thing is when you can watch these movies. And I think that's also the magic of like Paddington Bear is that you watch these shows and they're funny. Right. Right. Um, they're funny and you like all the characters. You end yeah. up liking the brother. You end up liking the mother. And the dad is not just a dick. He's funny in some way. And they, you know, do things. But like I can honestly say it was just, you know, achievable, you know, just like the first one. And they actually – as opposed to like stretching out jokes, they actually take them places, which just means Peter Rabbit too just has you know good director, good writer, good producers. That's you know yeah. when, it, when it all comes together. There's the rooster in the first movie who is screaming like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" I had to yell. I thought the sun wasn't going to come up, and this means that the sun is going to come up every time I yell, and this is what I'm doing for the rest of all time. <laughs> right. Right. Um. In the next one, he's got um. He's. <laughs> The hens, uh, 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 well, for some reason, he's the father of like six roosters now, six right. baby roosters, and um, he's, he's exhausted and sleeps through the sunrise, <laughs> and he wakes up and he goes, "Is my life alive? <laughs> have, have I have I always crowed at a sun that was always going to come up?" <laughs> Nice. And he's like, "Did you do it, boys? What is my life?" <laughs> and he's got a new existential crisis. Spectacular. It is good. So <clears throat> that is great. Good stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I already talked about always sunny in Philadelphia and watching it. You, what I'm actually beginning to enjoy is the meta reality of always sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Because because all these characters are the absolute fucking worst to each other. <laughs> so bad. They're so bad to each other. I'm on season six now, and Dee is pregnant. They had to write in a pregnancy because she and the character on the show Mac. Or um, Rob McElhenney are actually yeah, married and yeah. have and are pregnant. Um, and they had to write it in. And they're like, God, we're just watching you crush like sandwich after sandwich. And, and they were like, Yeah, why don't you just stay here and you know be fat? And she comes around the corner. She's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just slamming her for being fat. And they're like, Oh. All right, see you later. <laughs> They're walking out the door, and she's like, "Yeah, well, one of you are the father, so you might want to think about that." Yes. Yep. And they spend like the whole episode recounting. I, this is one of the ones I've seen. Yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah, exactly. And then yeah, they're at the Halloween party and like each and every they're trying to like recount and do like they're having people over for interviews so they could figure out who did what with who and figure out who's the father of Dee's baby and every single flashback for each of these characters, she's getting progressively and progressively birdier until she's actually a fucking ostrich. <laughs> In Max fucking flashback going ring at me. <laughs> and they have a fucking ostrich in the room. <laughs> and it's it's 
so you know, and they're married and stuff, and yeah. like these characters are so bad. And one of my more favorite ones is. <clears throat> they always decide they have um, the coolest property ever that they're going to get off, you know, into a film series and stuff. And it's called Dayman, <laughs> Fighter of the Nightman, Protector of Friendship, and Master of Karate, something like that. And stupid. And they have this whole thing where they're like, we're going to, like, one of their season finales, they're like, we're going to put on a musical. And Charlie's like, I wrote a musical. Okay, we're going to do Dayman the musical. Awesome. <laughs> And Charlie's writing this whole musical being like an asshole director. <laughs> There's like D and 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 Den- Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, D and Dennis are like they want to play these characters, but they're also love interests. And like mm-hmm. D doesn't want to give up her part, and like neither does Dennis, and he ends up switching with Mac all the time. <laughs> and it's a terrible there's like a, a pseudo fucking like rape scene where the oh, day man has to get in bed with like da- and Danny DeVito comes along is like the the goblin man, the troll, mm-hmm. and he's like, Get in get into bed with him, and then when he he's you know, he's the nightman or whatever. Yeah. And they just do these terrible, utterly, like, you get these subtle, like, hints that, like, Charlie was, like, raped as a boy. Oh, no. <laughs> He's always sneaking it into, like, whenever he writes music or does something, it's always about, like, gay sex. <laughs> and how he grew is, like, the day, man, and what, like, really confirms this is he's... He's writing this musical, and he's, like, begging the waitress. There's a character called the waitress. <laughs> yes, that he's he has an undying with. crush he's, on. And he's constantly stalking her and asking her around he's like can we you know and he's it's really creepy and like she's and she sleeps with literally everyone but charlie right she's sleeping with dennis she sleeps with mac at one point i think she even had like slept with fucking uh uh frank or D? frank yeah frank okay she did actually like sleep with frank once even too right and so they he's like begging her to come and she's like no i'm not coming he says i tell you what if you come to this this you know, musical. I will never ask you for another thing for the rest of my life. I will save you a seat. And if you watch this musical, I'm never going to bother you again once ever. This is it. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to find you like following me <laughs> one day. Just turn around and see you there. And she, and he's like, Nope, never again. She's like, okay, fine. And she takes a ticket. She's like, fine. Shows up to the play. And, Unbeknownst to anyone, they're doing like a curtain bow and they have the final fight scene. And Dennis is like, I've beaten him. And they're like, da da, day man. And then for the Enterprise, Charlie comes in in a tuxedo of yellow, unbeknownst to fucking anyone, <laughs> coming down and says, This is my story. <laughs> I've been the day man. And I'm in love with you. <laughs> He's pointing at her, the waitress. And he comes down the stairs with a fucking ring and he say, gets on a knee and he says, Will you marry me? <laughs> and the whole thing was a fucking ploy to get the waitress oh to fucking marry him. The whole fucking musical. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, by the way, subtly con- confirming that he probably got raped. <laughs> because he's the day man, and the day man got raped in the fucking play. Oh my God. And she goes, she goes, no. <laughs> she's like, can I can I leave now? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess. And she's like, and you're going to leave me alone? And he's like, no. Well, no, I no. never really agreed to that. <laughs> he's like, it's not really in writing. And she's like, Jesus Christ. She's like, I'm out of here. And he's like, okay, see you next week. <laughs> he's like, see you later. <laughs> swearing if she came, he would never bother her again. And literally follows up with, okay, see you later. 
there's there's an episode of that where um that I've I've seen sporadic episodes here yeah. and there. I have not sat down and watched the show. It's easy to watch in episode after episode. Yeah, and it but it's easy to watch sporadically mm-hmm. because there mm-hmm. isn't it's it's like an anthology. Yes, and that it's not serialized. You don't have to follow a story. It's true. You can step in at any point and you're caught up. Mm-hmm. And there was one that I saw where Charlie actually leaves the waitress alone. For like an extended period of time. Oh boy! Like he's he hasn't seen her in over like eight weeks, uh-huh. and she is like, I don't know what's happening. My life has turned to shit, and it turns out that he has in his stalking her, he has been like protecting her from yeah. all this bad crap. Like her bike gets stolen every other week. Yeah, and it's because. She never locks it up because he's always right there keeping thieves away. Yes. So she never even realizes all this shit that he's doing for her. And she's just like, why is my life turning to shit? What is going on? And it comes about that he has just been like subtly protecting her through his stalking. I love it. It's a brilliant show. I I really need to to sit down and watch all of it. Well, that's a funny part. Like I'm. Initially, I was like, well, like, they're always so mean to each other, like, but Dee and Mac are married in real fucking life. Oh, yeah. Right? And I'm like, are they ever going to, like, you know, get together in the show? I'm like, maybe, probably not. I don't know. But um, here's this. Yep. They're actually married. Did you know that? I did not know. Charlie and the Witches were married in real fucking life. Oh, I guess that does happen. Um, But they're married in real fucking life. It looks like they do sleep, eventually sleep together, but like, I think that's I think that was kind of the impetus was, was that he went away for a while and she was like, "Why is my life turning to shit?" Yeah, and then it comes about that he had been protecting her from all of this bad shit. And she right? was just like, "Okay." I never knew this, but that's kind of funny to me. I was kind of hoping that they would never sleep together because of how hilarious it would be. Just the implication that like in real life they're married. And that's like the meta reality of it, of like she fucking hates him, but they're married in real life. Well, I think that it actually goes like further in that once they sleep together, he's lost interest completely. Oh, yeah. Of course. But she is like obsessed with him. Oh, and that's how they're going to flip it. So they flip it into where she's like stalking him crazily. This is going to be awesome. I think that's what happens. I'm not 100%. Well, no, that totally makes sense. Uh, I mean, it lines up, it tracks, but we'll see. Exactly. So we watch a lot of the same stuff, so I don't have a lot to add to that. We bought our Spidey tickets, our Spidey No Way Home tickets. Nice. Um, and which, I mean, Sarah's going to go see with me. Um, and I just hope she can, you know, not be sassy during that movie because we've been watching the other Spider-Mans, and she's sassy as hell. This is a pregnancy thing. It's the hormones. She can't stop. Okay. Spider-Man 2. We finally rewatched Spider-Man 2. And it opens with, you know, Kirsten Dunst and Mary Jane on a billboard. She's finally modeling. And, and then they're talking after his birthday party. And, and Toby's like, and, and Toby's like I, see, I, see your, I saw your billboard the other day. And she's like, yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, I beat myself off. And Sarah punches in with like, yeah, I beat myself off every morning to it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Nice. Okay. And then they start talking about how she has a play. She's like, you coming to my play? And and he he's like nah, and Sarah's like nah. I already came this morning. <laughs> Just nice like ripping on the fucking show in the background. Spectacular. <laughs> that is great. It is great. She's making super fun of Spider Man right now, and we haven't even gotten to the bad one yet. Oh, you're going back. 
backpack. Yeah, no, this was... Oh, shit. Okay. No, I'm not talking far far from home. I'm talking Spider-Man 2 first Doc Ock. Oh, now, now that we know fuck. they're all going to be relevant to... Oh, shit. This, you know, new one. Nice. Multiverse. Spider-Verse. Spectacular. Yeah, basically. But, so yeah, Sarah's been ripping on fucking Spider-Man. I'm excited to see what happens when we get through the third one tonight. So, see what happens when she... You know? My wife truly enjoys when I'm ripping on shows as yeah. we're watching them. Yeah, we were watching this one show, um, light or light as a feather, and it was kind of about it. It was like this weird like thriller horror teen show where there's a witch that passes on this curse by playing light as a feather, stiff as a board, and they'll tell the the person that's performing the curse tells the person how they're going to die. And when they die from it, then it makes all these shit happen. It's not a great show. We're watching the show. And there's a point in the show where they're all just, there's like three girls like laying together and there's a guy, there's two guys and they're like trying to settle this curse and everything. And there's a point where the one girl is, petting the they're all laying down like a camp out type thing and one girl's petting the other girl's hair yeah and the girl that's getting her hair pet is staring at staring in the eyes of this other girl they're laying face to face and she goes what are you thinking about and before she could say anything i went stroking your hair but somebody else is already doing it bitch (laughs) and my wife was like what the fuck is wrong that's oh my god that's the shit I had to pause the movie when Sarah was like I beat off to your billboard every morning I had to pause it I was laughing so hard oh yeah like that's the disarming like shit that yeah it's good stuff it is disarming it's great I enjoy it I enjoy that your wife is doing that for you <laughs> in these 90s Spider-Man movies yeah, yeah 2000s 2000s they were never made in the 90s fuck I'm old yes you are Jesus Christ sorry I could have sworn those were in that. No, you're, yeah, it, because they had to pull the original poster for the original Spider-Man because of 9-11. Uh-huh. A friend of mine actually has that poster still. Oh, really? Yeah, where, like, it's Spider-Man and it reflected in hit the lens of his costume. Yeah. Or the Twin Towers. Oh, damn. And they pulled it after 9-11. Naturally. They were pulling a lot of things after yeah. 9-11. <laughs> so, fuck, that, the first Spider-Man was 2001. You're right. Yeah. Fuck. Shit. You play any games this last week? Video games? I've been playing the shit out of Magic the Gathering Arena. Mm. A new expansion um, dropped where they've gone back to Innistrad. Now, the thing about Magic the Gathering is that they every year they release at least three new sets. One core set and then two expansions off of that core set. And it's always on a theme. Mm-hmm. So, like one year they did a they did a uh, a realm where everything where the entire world was one giant city, mm-hmm. ran by ten different guilds, and the ten different guilds were different combinations of colors and magic. Okay, and that was Ravnica. The Ravnica block was spectacular. I fucking loved that block. There's a Ravnica um, core book for Dungeons and Dragons. Because that that um, core set or that that set of magic cards was so fucking popular, and the 
storylines that came from it were so damn good that they had to. Okay. And, you know, Wizards of the Coast owns D&D now, so yep. of course they're going to tap their IP. That makes sense. It makes sense. They're combining yep. all the cards, too. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. And so they did a... Strixhaven not- School of Magic book just coming out soon. Nice. Sorry. Continue. Yes. They did a Strixhaven School of Magic set for Magic the Gathering. And I don't... I think that was a one-off. That was weird. Yeah. One-off. But now there's a book. They're doing a Strixhaven School of Magic module oh D&D. neat nice a source book nice yeah which is essentially just harry potter it's, yes it is and I'm fine with that too. that's great yeah um but the new set they have out now is like vampires and werewolves it's a very gothic feel to this set okay and there's a mechanic in it where the cards are night bound and day bound okay so they have different attributes depending on if the state of the game is in day or night okay and there are different triggers that turn night to day and day to night. And so that adds an extra layer of um, intrigue to the game and a different level of strategy. It's a lot of fun to play. Okay. What have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot to talk about here. Okay. Because okay. There's, I haven't really gotten around to talking about one of my most favorite games that, you know, um, I don't know if if Christy won't play it with you. I'll play it with you. There's a game called It Takes Two. Um, r- recently, news wise, yeah, we know what's going on with the trademark, folks. We're, let's not talk about that because we're not going to talk game news, news today. We're talking about critical opinions of games. But It Takes Two, <laughs> title pending because the the company Take Two, um, trying to file a trademark. Oh, with them. Oh, um, I thought it would be because um, they're assholes. I thought it would be because they're not internationally known, but they're known to rock a microphone. Yeah. I'm going to leave that where it sits. You leave that where it sits. And uh, It takes two to make a thing go right, but it only takes one and a half to make things go horribly wrong. You're not wrong. All right. So (laughs) only half a person. This is why why Wild Wild West was never a good movie. I Um, actually actually accidentally said that in a shoe store one time when that song was playing over like the Muzak speakers. I went, yeah, it takes two to make a thing go right, but it only takes one and a half to make things go horribly wrong. And three different women that were listening to me that I did not realize were listening to me just um, spit-taked. <laughs> they were like... <laughs> That's funny. It was good times. Anyway, continue. It, Sorry. It Takes Two um, is a game uh, made by the same people who made Brothers, same people who made A Way Out. They really like their co-op games. Like, okay. They really do. I'm looking up the dev name because I don't have it memorized. It Takes Two Developer. Because, guys, we try to be, you know, we're not professionals, but we certainly can try. Hazelight, Hazelight Studios. Studios. That's right. So, um Basically, um, the game is called It Takes Two because it does take two. You play two uh, tiny dolls. It is literally like the – it is a kid's family movie. This um, it could totally be made into a Disney film. Um, two parents are getting a divorce. This girl's crying into her dolls and going, I wish she could get along. And then they – the parents, like, get tired. They both, you know, lay down for naps. And then they wake up inside of these dolls. And then um, the actual book she has pops up. Um, Dr. Something, guys, the book of love. And he'll <laughs> pop up out of nowhere like, ole! And he, like, literally starts coaching them. 
And so every level also has something to do with the way they're fixing their relationship. But it is a cinematic marvel in the way that I haven't had this much fun playing uh, um, a cinematic style game. Okay. Since Uncharted or The Last of Us. All right. And these are the most cinematic games you can potentially play. It's like the best moments in Spider-Man are the whole game, essentially. So. Okay. Um, How are you playing it? Console, computer? Yeah, console, PS5. It's PS5. On PS5, okay. So, um, well, it's on PS4 too for you, but like um, this one of these days. <laughs> one of these days, <laughs> I'm sorry. The push right now is for the Series X. Okay. Because my Xbox One is down. Taking a poopy. Yeah. Got it. I need to take so, it apart, blow it out, figure out what the fuck is wrong with it. But first true. I need to get a Series X, god damn it. I'm sorry. Microsoft, build the shit. Come on. Christmas is coming. What are you doing? I don't know what they're doing, but at least the Series X is easier to get than the PS5. Oh, I know exactly what they're doing. You're setting you're setting your your goals to an attainable reach is what you're doing. Excellent. Excellent. So the um no, it takes two. You can always come over and play it too, because I'm ready to play it again. Um, but it is a co op just masterpiece. I played it with Sarah. Cool. Um, you literally can't play it by yourself. There always has to be two people. That is the point of the game. All right. And that's why it's, you know, so special. Um, yeah, if Chrissy didn't play it with you, she'd probably enjoy watching you play it just from the, the sheer amount of places they go. And the fact that every level has some kind of aspect that makes it really fun. Okay. And, um, at one point you're in a tree, um, you're, you're making your way up a tree because you're trying to get back to your kid. You're, um, you're captured in a mason jar by squirrels and these squirrels jump out and they're like, like what are you doing here what are you trespassing and they're like oh we're just you know like we're just coming through we're trying to get to our daughter what's going on with you guys and they're like we're fighting a war with the wasps <laughs> and we're like the wasp okay and then they they hook you up with whatever each each level you get a specialized item to use whether it be a nail and a hammer in this case you get a sports cap jug shooter of um uh, hypoglycerin honey or sap, tree sap. Yeah. Um, and um, the girl, Maeve, um, gets a uh, matchstick shooter. Nice. So you end up fighting your way through the horde. You eventually, like, get trapped in a in a coliseum with all the with all the wasps watching, and they're, like, yelling down at you, and then you have to fight a big old beetle, big fat beetle, coming at you. And he's like, you blow him up, and then eventually he's like, He's like, oh, that hurt at the end. And they're like, oh, sorry, buddy. We didn't know. And he's like, yeah, but they feed me. And, and then the the characters, Cody and May, are like, well, what if we could – we're going to the beehive, and you could get all the honey you want. And he goes, really? And like, yeah. And he's like, hop on. And then you literally, like, escape on this giant beetle you just fought through, and he takes you to the – you're going into a ramp you can finally see the beehive at the center of the tree and he's like taking the ramp and he goes i believe <laughs> and then they jump off of him and yoshi him into the abyss but um nice <laughs> i digress you you fight the 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 queen wasp is like a robot you find out it's a doc it's been a it's been a wizard of oz thing because the cutest fattest bumblebee comes out of it <laughs> And she's like, but no one's going to respect me anymore. And you feel bad. And then she flies you back to the squirrels. And you get back to the squirrels. 
who have made their all all kinds of military shit out of like gear and stuff and they're like who's that and they're like well it's the bee she was the queen we saved everything and they're like but you're a you're a traitor you saved her we said to eliminate her and the squirrels start shooting their nut guns at you mm-hmm. and y'all are running and the bee's like later and leaves and they're like crap and then they're turning a corner and they see a hang glider and may says is that your underwear, Cody? <laughs> a big old pair of heart-shaped underwear. Nice. <laughs> underwear with hearts on it. As the hang glider, you jump on and start flying. Now, this was the fucking craziest part. She gets on a turret um, and starts shooting behind, and you're, uh, the squirrels are chasing you down the tree, and you're, like, trying to get in and out of places and, you know, escape until um, finally, like, the general comes in, general squirrel. He comes in on his, like, on his tree um, or on his plane, and he jumps off, and he destroys the turret maze in, and then they, and then May falls back. And then keep in mind, I'm still flying the plane when on Sarah's screen, um, actually, it becomes one big screen because now we're sharing because the game just became a fighter. May versus the squirrel. Oh, jeez. And while they're going back and forth on the wings of the glider, it's pulling the plane. And I have to steer back oh, no. while they're on top fighting it out. Okay, that's kind of cool. It is very, very, very cool. That sounds pretty cool. They're incredibly creative. Um, I had to download A Way Out, which is the game they did before this this last one, because I gotta I want to play more of these games. They're well designed. They're really fun. Really nice. epic, yeah. For that reason, cool. So I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer got released early, like a month ago. Just just on, online on Xbox One or Xbox PC, Xbox. Uh, PC well, that's the cool Xbox thing. Everywhere. That's the cool thing with what Microsoft does now is that they put it out like everywhere. OG, okay. even OG Xbox, you can still play the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Oh, okay, which is really cool. Um. Crossplay with PC. Same will go for campaign co-op eventually when they put it out. But I was like, okay, well, it's free to play. I'll hop on because I heard good things about, like, you know, the technical alpha. And by golly, does it play good? It's I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite lately because the weapons feel good. Um, it is a clean, crisp 60 frames per second while I play. The weapons are fun. The modes are fun. And uh, yesterday I got a kill a kill atrocity. Is what they call it. It's my first nice. six multi kill. Holy shit! Because they have a, a grapple grapple hook now, and I got an energy sword. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So I'm literally like turning a corner into people who already don't have shields. I'm mashing them, mashing them. These guys across the way are like gunning me, but I grapple them and I fly towards them and bash them <laughs> down. Well, man, it was so fun. But um, yeah, a lot of us and the boys have been playing it. Halo's never been like a huge multiplayer game for me, but I'm finally coming around the corner where I've played it in the past. I'm like, okay, this can be fun, but it's never really clicked for me until this version. And that's because from first person shooter to first person shooter, you'll play ones. And this is actually a great opportunity because I purchased Battlefield 2042. And after watching people, you know, make videos about why this game shouldn't be played, I haven't touched it. And this is because there's something called bloom on uh, a gun shooting mechanism. Where okay. when you fire and there's a target in the middle of the screen, you would fire the gun and where does that bullet go? Like straight. But then there's bullet physics, right? The more realistic we get. Mm-hmm. So sometimes bullets over space will have drop off. They will have um, some some guns will have drop off. Some of them will spread. In Battlefield 2042, you cannot line up a sniper rifle with a guy's head and hit him. The bullets go bloom to the furthest extent around his head. That's just poor design. 
Yeah. Really, really bad design. Yeah. Um, and I'm not touching it until I can get a headshot with a sniper based on skill as opposed to luck. Right. That being said, Halo Infinite, there are weapons with quirks for specific reasons. The bullets, you know, do have fall off in certain places. You can't use a battle rifle to do everything you want to do. But that's why me and the boys have been playing it so much is because if you are good, it pays off to be good the more accurate you are. Uh, on Black Friday, I got a new mouse, a new mouse, a Razer Adder, Death Adder, or something like that. V two is what they call it. Okay. Um, the more I think it's DPI is basically sensitivity on your mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, the more control you have over your mouse. I was using like a cheap Amazon Chinese m- m- knockoff. Right. And I was having issues not pulling off kills. I'm like, what's going on? Now here's the craziest part. I switched to this mouse. Everything started working. In this game for me, my accuracy went up 20% and I'm not playing any differently. It's just a mouse. I just go in and play. And then all of a sudden I'm pulling off these kills. I'm spreading my, you know, burst rifle on, on the battle rifle. Um, my three bullet bursts better to where I can hit a moving target with all three bursts and in the head. So Halo infinite multiplayer is really fun. The thing that sucks about it right now is the battle pass. $10, $10, just like Fortnite, and I talked about this before on the show, where I think battle passes are cool because they, they give you reason to come back and keep playing other than just getting kills. Okay. The only deterrent is that their challenges have been for certain weapon kills or accomplishing certain things. So if I'm playing, you know, just a you know, say you have to kill a flag carrier or something, or you have to get kills with a certain weapon, someone's just going to camp by that weapon and not play the game. Right. Because they're worried about getting kills with that weapon. Right. right. So it can deter, you know, unfortunately. There's been a lot of talk about it, and uh, 343 has been very, very responsive to all of the debates, and they want to swap out, and, like, they've made changes already to the progression system that make it much better. Nice. So, so far, that's a really good indicator. I'm hoping that they release can- co-op campaigns sooner than they, like, anticipate the way they did with, you know, multiplayer, which they say is still beta. They're right. still For them, that is still a beta mode. Okay. Um, but it feels good. It plays good, and that's a big deal in this day and age when you have a game like Battlefield 2042 that's been an ongoing franchise for an extended period of time be practically unplayable. Oof. Yeah. That's not good. So no, it's not good. Um, <clears throat> you don't want the one of the things you want your game to be is playable. Really. Yes. So yeah. That's not, <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting here cracking, you know, headshots and watching the bullets literally fly in front, behind, and above them. Right. Maybe down towards the body, but even then, that's really bad. Right. <clears throat> what was that one game that I saw that, like, everybody was bitching about? It looked amazing, but everybody was bitching about playing it. I don't know. Elden Ring? Maybe? No, Something? definitely not Elden Ring. Everyone's just stupid excited about that. I don't remember. Anyway. Cyberpunk? No. I enjoyed the shit out of Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk's, like, super fucking cool, but... yeah. yeah. It's cool. I just it's just this. massive. It is so fucking big. Yeah. It, it just is. needs to run better. That's all. <laughs> yep. That's all. Oh, well. <clears throat> See, I, I'm trying to get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, and it's just not, not fucking happening okay. right now. Well, Cyberpunk isn't even on PS5. No, but it, if you have the disc, you can play the PS4 on the PS5, the PS4 version on the PS5. You could, yeah, and it yeah. would run better because PS5 um, manages to basically chew up and spit out PS4 games, so, right? Which is cool, like horrendous loading times on games like Star Wars Battlefront Two. 
not so horrendous anymore. Nice. Pretty nice. So Yeah, I've seen that there's a uh, two tetrabyte upgrade for the PS5. A two what? Two tetrabyte. Terabyte? Terabyte. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Tetrabyte, for, terabyte. Yeah. Same thing. Two terabyte space storage? Yeah. Um, yeah. An SSD? Yeah. Basically, um, that you can no, swap out. Well, it's well, you can swap it out. It doesn't come internally. You can now take any storage drive and plug it in, essentially. Right. Uh, there's one apparently you can crack it open, swap it out. Yes, I did that. You did. I you went for the bigger terabyte. one. Um, well, I didn't go for like a big, big one. I got because generally, okay. So like, here's the deal: the game file sizes are huge. Yeah, that's the issue. Right. So I basically had to change around and move, um, you know, like game stuff like that a whole bunch. But now that I have a one terabyte in addition to, I can keep twice as much. Maybe I did get a two terabyte. I'm trying to think here because I feel like one terabyte isn't that much. I think I did get two terabytes. It just sucks because it's an arm and a leg for those things. But right, I did get the internal one um, with heatsink, and now I can download more games. Exactly. But the SSD makes them load faster. Right. It's much better. Much better than an external because external drives are rarely super, are, are rarely a solid state fast drive. Right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I got for mine. Now I'm there's games that I have to swap out. Yes. So because I can't play them from yeah. the storage drive. The And it's really, sucks. the nice thing is that it's really, really easy to plug in. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part. So, yeah. yeah. When you do, I would say upgrade on the storage just because you will download games like. Mm-hmm. Right. Eventually. Yep. I'm sorry. I keep talking about it. Because it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Lucky fucker. Uh, Pokemon. Tried, and God, these <laughs> websites are just fucking stupid. Every time I try, it's like breaks. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why isn't this working? And then I go in and yeah. Oh, it's done. You can get one for a thousand dollars now, but you're not getting one for MSRP. That's why you got to get the Twitter. I did. Thing. That's the Don't thing. Okay. So. And every time I, I go know. in, it gives me some fucking error. And then I come back and it's like, nope, okay. $1,000. Fuck yourself. You know what, Walmart? Fuck you in the neck. Anyway. In the neck. Anyway. I play Pokemon. How is it? Brilliant Diamond. It's Brilliant good. Diamond. It's fine. It's, Brilliant it's Diamond. It's just Diamond. It's a remake but... of Diamond. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, play better. I Diamond Remastered. Didn't beat Pearl when I had it on the DS. Um, I basically only beat up to Silver in my day. I didn't for whatever reason. I just never like followed through with Ruby um, or Pearl, and then from there on, I just stopped trying basically to play Black, Black Two, any of that. Um, then there's X, Y on the 3DS stuff like that, and I was just I've had a hankering for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one um, even before uh, my cousin Kevin passed away. Who he loved Pokemon, played all the iterations. Probably he had about nearly 400 hours on Pokemon Sword. Before he passed away. It's a good one. Nice. So, um, and he played the the trading card game extensively, which was really cool. But I decided I was kind of thinking to myself, we used to play together at holidays all the time. We would be we'd get together on a holiday and be like, you know, just playing our Game Boys and trading Pokemon, battling. And I was like, I'm gonna get back to that. So I feel close to him. Nice. So I bought a 2DS, a new 2DS XL. Nice. I had to buy it online. Yep. On eBay. I found a fucking impeccable, barely used one. Nice. And then I proceeded to buy like every Pokemon <laughs> that there is to play. 
Nice. I already had an emulator on my Super Nintendo Mini for like Fire Red, Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna, you know, like play that if I want to play that. Then there's still um Soul Silver Soul Silver, which I got on an emulator cartridge. Nice. There are two hundred and eight to five hundred and twelve games in one emulator cartridge that has DS games on it. So I have Soul Silver, I have black and white. Um, to play on DS amongst all the, you know, a bunch of other really popular DS games. Nice. That are needed. I'm probably only going to play like five of them, but um, I w- would purchase and play the other ones if. I think I have like five or six DS Pokemon games. Okay, cool. I think. Let me see. It would be fun to look at your collection just to see if there was like, you know, a way for me to swap out Pokemon. Get into the bank. Now, the reason yeah. for this is because the price of Pokemon Black and White right now goes for. Uh, 70 bucks right it's asinine it's the price of these games it's kind of really really bad yeah so i've got heart gold in here nice it's um, a good one. Oh, you have the triforce one yeah this is the the 3ds xl for um a link between worlds. Nice. So it came with a link between worlds and I essentially turned this into my Zelda machine. Yes. So this has Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past. Let's see. I've got in here I've got Spirit Tracks. Yep, you've got um, Spirit Tracks right there. Phantom Hourglass. Mm-hmm. Majora's Mask and then loaded onto it are um Link's Awakening. Uh-huh. Um I want to say the original Legend of Zelda, and then um, The Adventures of Link. Nice. Um, That's super cool. Ocarina of Time, of course. Yeah. And what else? Shit, let me see. That's kind of the coolest thing with DS is my issue, like just the sheer library that you can get with a lot of these games on them and et cetera. My biggest issue, though, is that the online store and services are shutting off at some point in 2022. Right. So I have to kind of be about it. And, oh, you've got the theme, too. Oh, that looks so cool. Yeah, I've got the theme. All Game right, so button. there's Oracle of Ages. Link's Awakening DS, Oracle of Seasons. There's the Adventure of Link. Um, wow. There's Ocarina of Time. There's Link Between Worlds. And Triforce Heroes is in there. Hell, yeah. See, so, here's here's yeah. the deal. Um, we should get Triforce Heroes and play that together. Yes. It's like a three-player game, isn't it? It is. I want to do that. Yeah, and then my Wii actually has the um, Minish Cap Ooh. on it. I um, And Wind Waker and Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. And, hell yeah. yeah. I bought all those too on the Wii U shop before they died. <laughs> right. Because the Wii U shop is getting shut down as well. So before these consoles became extravagantly pricey, I went on, I got my 2DS, and I bought... Um, Pokemon Ultra Moon. I got um, Pokemon Y. I got Alpha Sapphire. Um, Donkey Kong Country yeah. Returns, which is when I played with them. And then for fun, I got the Luigi's Mansions. Nice. One and two. They, they remade the nice. first one for 3DS, and it's co-op. Nice. Two, which is like, you know, there. Cool. So. My my DSi is actually a special edition, Pokemon special edition, came with Pokemon Black. Oh, no. And that is my Pokemon machine. Nice. So that has all the, it's got Pokemon because you can play uh, advanced pearl, Pokemon Black, Pokemon Platinum. Yep. Um. And then one of the originals is a remake. I want to say, mm-hmm. possibly. I'm not sure. Probably Fire Red or or Leaf 
because it plays Game Boy Advance games backwards. Right. Yeah. So I got this remake. It's the first time I beat it. And man, the, the, so it was just, you know, your typical Pokemon experience. I can't really compare it to a bunch of others because it's been a minute since I actually beat a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. What I did find out, though, is that this is the hardest Elite Four in any of the games. And it's one of the things that ended up bumming me out about the game. Um, mainly because the Elite Four in this game were stupidly hard. Even experts said this is a dumb, stupid, hard Elite Four. The reason for is that they have competitive tier Pokemon. Right. You do not have access to competitively trained Pokemon before you get to them. So I had to basically change my whole roster and make them learn special moves to be able to throw off opposing Pokemon and be able to finish a challenge. Right. It took me an extra 10 hours. Right. Um, to grind out the money needed mm-hmm. to buy all the items to make sure they were well set by all the TMs. I had to go to all the special caves to find TMs that I normally wouldn't have, but you have to have the most powerful moves in the game if you're going to beat these people. Right. And then, um, basically, yeah, I finally, after like a week of grinding, maybe a week and a half, maybe it took me two weeks just because I didn't get around to playing it a whole bunch. Right. Um, it was my biggest attraction after Kevin passed away. And, um, and then I couldn't get through the, the, um, the last four cause they're just getting to hit you first the whole time. Right. And I get to the last person on my, on my, on my run and, after I did all my training and change up my, my people and I had my Infernape and I felt bad because I'm just using a Garchomp to just blast through these other Pokemon. And I'm like, these aren't even the Pokemon I use for the game. It's like so stupid and it <laughs> sucks because I'd rather use like Pokemon that I actually had. And um, the cool thing is that like when I finally got to the last battle, I ended up using more of my original roster right. than my other roster, which was really cool to get to use my Pokemon. And the more you play with them, um, the more friendly they get. Right. They get a friendship level and the more they like you. And I was like, cool, because they're dodging some moves and, you know, allowing me to go first. And I'm literally like reviving some Pokemon, using some Pokemon as placeholders while I revive another one to get them ready to go out against the next one. Yeah. That I know I'll need inevitably. It's part of the strategy of battling. Yeah. And I'm finally battling the very last Pokemon. It's also a Garchomp and it's huge. It's super fast and it just spams Earthquake, the most powerful move in the game. Right. And it's getting my people, getting my people, getting my people, and I get down to my Infernape, my very last one named him Fry. Nice. And I'm like, go Fry, and I, this is a, a one-hit Pokemon, um, Garchomp, you know, with his Earthquake. And I send him out, and I'm like, this is it, like, close combat, which is like the, the craziest fighting move in the game, but it, like, it's devastating, 100% hit accuracy. And I'm like, this is it, and I hit the button to attack, and it says, Garchomp, use Earthquake. Fucking hell. And then it said, Fry, avoid it in time due to your shout. Nice. Close combat, and I won. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it was like the craziest clutch I've ever had in Pokemon ever. Nice. Period. That was nuts. Excellent. <laughs> that I know of, because I played Silver when I was like nine. I, I don't even remember, but... <clears throat> I beat the Elite Four, and then I went into the end game where they extend the Pokedex to a national Pokedex. Po- uh, Professor Oak shows up, and then they extend it to a uh, national Pokedex, and they're like, here you go, and now you have literally every single Pokemon from every previous game in the region, including the legendaries. Special areas to go and, and stuff, but then exclusive to the versions are either the birds or the dogs. I have the dogs and Ho-Oh. Um, Joe, who bought Shining Pearl, has the birds and Lugia. 
Lugie is my favorite. Entei's his favorite, so I gotta go back. You know, we all got work to do. It's gonna be a grind. Probably take a year. Who knows? But nice. Pokemon Shield is next. If not Ultra Moon. I should probably pick up one of those. Yeah. For for um, Turn around. Switch. Switch. Yes. Because all of my Pokemon games are DS or Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm prepping for Arceus really more than anything with this. All right. Um, have you seen Arceus? No. You haven't seen anything about Arceus? No. The legitimately open world Pokemon game? Nope. Seen nothing. Did you know it existed at least? No. What, is, this is the first time you're hearing about this it. This is the first I have heard anything of this. Okay. Well, I'm just. I don't travel ahead. in a lot of Pokemon circles, unfortunately. Okay. I need to travel in more Pokemon. Well, circles. here's the deal it's out next month. So, not a whole lot. Oh, damn. Pokemon Arceus Pokedex may have just leaked. Of course it fucking did. Um, right. How many Pokemon are there now? I know there's several different Pokemon. Um, let's, I mean, I don't know a lot. At one point, I knew. A whole lot. So, first of all, it takes place in the past. In a very sam samurai um, style. Wood-carved Pokeballs. Yes. How does that work in a digital? Uh, okay. It doesn't because it, it's in the past. This is like a solid century or two before. Okay. Where Pokemon still exist, but, uh, you know. But they're supposed to be digital pocket <laughs> monsters. That's Digimon. They're not digital. Well, no, I thought the storage of them in Pokeballs was, uh, all right. No, it's it's magic. It's magic. Fucking, oh, it's magic. It's okay. magic. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Shit. I have never known any of this. I mean, I don't I really know either. I so clearly barely it's watched magic. the show. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I was always under the assumption that, you know, hey, these are electronic balls that I'm throwing at these Pokemon. Yes. This is um pretty early gameplay from um February. Also runs on Switch. It's not it's probably gonna be about, you know, it's probably gonna run at twenty three frames, just like, you know, the other ones, but um it's here, it's happening. Some of these frame rates are like legitimately killing me, and I can't tell if it's this cheap TV we bought for in here, or I think it's a, it, it's probably partially the TV what we bought because I don't maybe think maybe the uh, it's also a very early well it's not a super early build because clearly they you know well and also your computer's doing a lot right now that too yeah cause I mean it's recording on top of that yeah you're not wrong so that could be affecting the frame rate possibly you're right no it can oh. it certainly can <laughs> and look what's popped up on the feed it is. Yeah, almost like this computer is listening to us. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like the overarching. Did you see the QAnon shaman in that just now? Like I did. Okay. Anyways, that was a preview for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But yeah, just showing off some, you know, oh. footage for the open world Pokemon game. Oh, shit. So. You can ride your Pokemon. Mm hmm. What do you think? That's fucking exciting. Is it, isn't it? That's that's pretty fucking exciting. It's really exciting. This is the most excited I've been for um, for a change of this after. I'm kind of I'm, yeah. You excited now? I I am. You know what the f- funniest thing about Brian um, Shining Pearl is though, mm. and Brilliant Diamond. You know the Pokemon Badoof. Yeah. And the evolve form something I forgot already. Do you remember in Pearl that you could teach most every HM to a Badoof? No. So I found this out when I saw Brian's roster at Thanksgiving, and he had a Bidoof in there named HM. I'm like, hmm. okay. And I'm like, why? And he says, because they, um, because Bidoof can learn most every HM, and you need an HM machine. The cool thing about the update is that when you have an HM, it goes into your Pokétech watch, 
and you don't need to teach it to a Pokemon anymore. So you just go into your watch, you select it, and then you go, and it summons a wild Pokemon every time for you to go. Nintendo and Game Freak, they're highly aware of how that worked because they said, we'll summon a wild Pokemon every time. It's Bidoof. Every <laughs> single time you got to fly, it's Starly taking you everywhere. So they knew because every single time it's the same fucking Bidoof that shows up to do it. Nice. Yeah. So outside of that, um, no, it's it's been fun. I don't know how much Endgame I'm going to be into. What I'm really honestly excited to do is play all the, at least through the stories of the other games that I haven't played through yet. Encounter a lot more Pokemon. It's right. pretty fun. I My drive in playing the games was never to beat the game uh-huh. it was always to catch them all just to catch them all that was pretty much it i was looking for well, every pokemon i could possibly get fucking godspeed because the national pokedex and brilliant diamond is fucking oh yeah heinous. and that's kind of the thing is yeah. that when i bought pokemon black and i was like okay pokemon black can actually take all former pokedexes yeah and i was like okay cool so i can just load all of my Pokemon into this, mm-hmm. into the battery that is Pokemon Black. Yes. There's a lot of Pokemon out there. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of Pokemon. It's a Pokemon world. It, it really is. It's crazy. Yeah, because my storage on Black, I think, has something like 400 Pokemon in it. And I don't even know if I have them all or not. So... And I'm just trying to get into extra areas so that I can catch more. That makes sense. Well, there's also Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Home now. There's like an uh, online in, in database where you can cross your Pokemon Go with the Pokemon Shield and Pokemon Black and Pokemon. Fucking hell. All yeah, right. There's a way to keep them all. Yes. That's, what, all that's right. all I've ever wanted. Considering Pokemon Yellow had so many Pokemon on it. But Pokemon Bank might shut down soon because they're not doing things on the DS. But apparently you can trade from Red and Silver if you have them on the DS. I think you can trade like your your Game Boy Pokemon to your Game Boy Advance Pokemon to your DS to your 3DS to your Switch Bank Home Go. The issue is that I need a Pokemon or I need a Game Boy Advance Pokemon game. Which I do not have. Oh, geez. If I had that, then I could feasibly transfer everything from one to the next to the next to the next. I'll research it. We'll figure this out. But I think that's all we got to talk about We're going to make this happen. This is going to happen. Yeah. I don't have anything else on here. No, I don't. Yep. Nope. Yep. Halo Infinite's fun. It Takes Two is amazing. Um, Pokemon's Pokemon. I bought a 2DS. A lot of games. It's good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Rob Bass. I came to get down. That's good. I'm not internationally known. All right. Thank but you I'm all. I'm known to rock a microphone. Thank you all for coming in. Excitement Inc. It takes two to make a thing go right. It does. It takes two to make it out I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. And uh, go to patreon.com slash excitement Inc. Boom. Boom. Doo, doo. It takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> Shout out. It's shout out time because out. we uh, couldn't do a, a, a Patreon without you guys. Yes. And, well, you know, this is the first batch. We've done a soft launch, so um, there's not a lot to do. So right. we'll do our shout outs now. Yes. Um, are you going to yell? Did you want to do this from over there? Should I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't blow out the microphone. Shout out.
<laughs> um, there we go. I'll just lean far the fuck away. Which, like, it's up to you. Anyways. Yes. <clears throat> Without our Patreons, the show wouldn't be possible. Right. So thank you. What is Adam's last name? I've not looked this up at all. I need to, I need to go to Patreon. I didn't even I know to to that I was going to go for Patreon. last names. Oh. I was just going to say, is... you know, thank you to Taylor for being inherently better. Well, what if we get better better ones, though? You know what I mean? That's the thing. And the next part is, see, it says Adam D. Okay, so I can just say, um, I can just say, okay, cool. So he didn't even give us a, the whole last name, Fair which enough. I know it's long in Italian. So it's probably better Excellent. because I don't know that I could pronounce it. You okay. Know what I mean? So anyways, Adam D. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Taylor, for just being inherently better than others at your tier. It is it is a you know a big donation when you do more than others and you put in more effort and that's what makes you better than everyone. You put in more. You you want it more. You wanted it. You wanted to go hard. You went hard, and we appreciate that. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. But not as to much a as more, Taylor. but lesser extent. He literally donates more. Yes, but he's not on the. But big he, shot he didn't go. He didn't go side. big shot. He, he didn't, didn't go, go big, big shot, shot on that. That's so. the big deal. About that is that is the big honking deal. Listen, Adam. It's not that we don't appreciate you. It's that you're not as good as Taylor. Yeah. So if you want to hear your name in these shout outs, go ahead and go to our Patreon. And uh, yeah, Patreon.com/slash Excitement Inc. There you go. 